Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day there, and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Stefan Postuma, and today I speak with Trisha Aishelford from the Kayama Farmers Market. The Kaima Farmers Market is a fantastic community event. It's on every single Wednesday afternoon and it's extremely local with a host of Illawarra producers bringing in their produce that has been picked fresh that day and selling it to a really supportive public. It's a fantastic initiative and the only true farmers market in the Illawarra region and it's something that everyone really should support. Trish is fantastic and we have a good chat about the realities of running a farmers market and the importance of a good local food community. We talk about seasonal produce and some of the benefits of the farmers market system. I really enjoyed talking to Trish so I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Trisha Aishelford from the Kayama Farmers Market. Do you want to just tell us a bit about how the Kayama Farmers Market came together and how it was all set up, the beginnings? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, pretty much, I came on board after a group of um, farmers and foodies that already started talking about having a farmers market. Um, and that consisted of Fiona Weir Warmsley from Buena Vista Farm, Marla Gray from The Pines, um, a girl called Tass who was at Jamboree, she's now left the area unfortunately, um, and Kathy Law from Little Blowhole Cafe. And they're we're kind of like scratching their head like, why don't we have a food scene here in Kyama? Mm-hmm. Why is South Coast food so hard to get hold of? And I was working in tourism and was really interested in agri-tourism and we decided to do a road trip down to the Sage Market at Maria on a Tuesday afternoon and just came back loved what they were doing and thought we have to do the same thing here in Kayama. And then from there it was a case of going to council, getting a DA, starting to find the stall holders, getting organised and setting a launch date and mm-hmm. just going for it effectively. Cool. So that was three and a half years ago. Three and a half years yeah. ago. And I mean, I guess the challenge when it comes to setting up something like a farmer's market, is it's very community based. So you've got a community of producers who are the people that make up the what is the farmer's market that people want to go to. Mm. And then you've also got the community of people who are going to support it. And Mm. for a farmer's market like yours in which it's all local producers and local venues and things like that and it's not gifts and it's not, you know, things that come from China and it's not not all these different things. It's it's a place where people go to do their weekly shop. So you need to create a community of people who want to support it. Is that something that's hard at the start? I guess it is 
it is hard at first because I think people see things like that as a bit of a novelty. But we quickly realised it had to be weekly. You don't buy your groceries on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always support the monthly markets. But quite often you could be, you know, off doing something and you've missed it for that month. And you really want to buy from a producer. Mm-hmm. But you just happen to miss it that month. And then you're back to the regular grocery shopping in the big stores. So it had to be weekly. It had to be consistent. And it had to be rain or shine effectively. Because mm-hmm. we're asking our shoppers to put us in their diary every week we've got to be there every week and that was one thing we really talked to our storeholders about and they've really for the most part come on board and embraced that and Mm -hmm. they've developed a wonderful loyal following of customers and we had to also I guess think about it wasn't so much about the novelty factor you know people want what's new who's coming now it's like well it's not about having someone new every week it's about getting to know the people you have there and understanding their story and knowing them by name and them knowing you by name and yeah, just having that relationship and understanding that, you know, it's hard work growing things and making things and mm-hmm. producing food and appreciating that farmers, um, if we don't look after them, we won't have them. So I think for the most part, our shopping community really, really understand that. And we have a very loyal following. Mm-hmm. Even when it rains, they still come out and it's threatening to rain, rain today and, and they've got their brollies and they're ready to <laughs> shop in the rains. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's awesome to see, you know, when that bell rings, just the rush of punters in there just, you know grabbing the the fresh seasonal produce it's it's such a it's always such a good atmosphere yeah yeah absolutely um something that i've i've wondered because you know i'm familiar with the sage markets and and these ones and the ones down in Oldella, plenty of Mm. farmers markets but it seems to work on this model where you, you do it through the week but you also do it within business hours especially here during during the winter months is it is it difficult to try to get that over the line for people that that it's that it's something that, that that happens you know while a lot of people are at work and how do you sort of tackle that yeah well i guess when we set up the market you know the sage model was a beautiful model mm. so why would you mess with that exactly, they were doing yeah. a beautiful job already um so without meaning it's not like we copied them but we certainly looked at what they were doing well and thought well why reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. And for our farmers, when we talked to the farmers, it was about them coming to a short, sharp market. They didn't need to be away from their farms or away from production all day because they talked to us about, you know, we go to a weekend market. By the time we get up in the morning and get there and we get home, we're gone for a whole day. Mm -hmm. So it was about coming for a short, sharp amount of time and making it still viable for them to spend time on the farm and make it attractive for them to come Mm. effectively and invest in our market. So, yeah, I mean, we get lots of people saying, oh, can you stay up until 7? I can get there at 7 and I'd love to be there at 12 when I have lunch. And I guess at some point it was just a case we had to make a decision. So for us it was always a case of 3 to 6 in summer with daylight saving hours. And then in winter, because of the low level level of light and safety concerns, it's 2 to 5. And some people can get here all the time, others can't. And we just it is can't, what it is. It is what it is. And, you need, and as you said, you yeah. need to be consistent, but yeah. you also need to think about the, the, the producers and the storeholders because... If, if your market goes till seven, you might have three or four of you know your favourite storeholders drop off, and then that is to the detriment of the market. And people will be like, "Oh, well, this isn't doesn't yeah. have the people that I want here, and the produce that I want to want to buy and stuff." So, it must be such a delicate balancing act trying to sort of keep <laughs> everyone happy. It is at times. It is at times. But I, I guess um, we've always been really conscious about listening to what our storeholders want from us. Yeah, we're not about setting rules and dictating to them because we see it as a partnership our market's only as good as the storeholders that are here and the Mm -hmm. producers that are here and if they're consistently here then we know the shoppers will come consistently you know for instance if our mushroom man has a really poor yield that week and it's not worth him coming 
then you know our shoppers will be disappointed but they understand his his mm. situation and they're like okay we'll just buy twice as much next week and we'll stock up because then we know they last they're so beautiful um but yeah it is that del- delicate balancing act um and you know if we stayed open till seven or eight in summer some storeholders we seen there twiddling their thumbs because people aren't going to be there to buy carrots exactly they're just going to be there to listen to music and buy dumplings mm. so it's kind of like okay every now and again we'll have a special one but for the most part we're here about selling Exactly, and, and I think that yeah. that's that's what having it during during the hours that you've done does for the market. It means that the people who are here come to shop. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And and I mean, it's great to go and eat dumplings and things like that. And there are lots of markets that that do that sort of thing where it's more a sort of a social event and things like that. But you know, I. I'll go to a farmer's market by myself. I want to be in and out of there in less than an hour and I want to have my weekly shop done. You yeah. get your little trolley and you get it done and it's, and it's not so... Like, I mean, it is an event because you've got great, you know, food that's ready to eat and, you know, there's great gelato and you're in a beautiful location. You can make an event of it if you want to. Mm. But if you want to do your shopping, then, then you know... You've got the opportunity as well. It's great. Yeah, you do have to try to be a lot of things to all people, I guess. Mm. Um, but I think three hours gives you enough time to you can get in and out. If you want to socialise, you can. If you want to have the kids pop down after school for a snack and run around and catch up. I mean, today there's kids down there toasting marshmallows around the fire. And yeah, it's love beautiful it. to see. So, I know. you know, next week it's school holidays, so there'll be extra activities. And it's about, you know, the market changing and evolving as well mm. and sort of you know doing surprising things at times mm. as well yeah it's such a healthy thing for the community like like you were saying it's like you, you, your customers would understand if a mushroom grower or something had a bad yield mm. um a small community like this where people get to know the producers and they become familiar with them they don't place an expectation on them like they would a supermarket or something like that where you've got to have consistency because they understand at a at a at a small volume level yeah. that there's there's challenges and there's fluctuation through the seasons and you know yeah. everyone's just an individual trying to trying to do what they like to do so yeah. It's, it's a really cool, healthy understanding, I think, between the producers and, and the punters as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we really try to communicate that to people as well. You know, we do a weekly newsletter and if someone's not coming for whatever particular reason, we share that with them because they are our community. They're yeah. invested in us and we want to make sure that it's a really inclusive community. Yeah. You know, I just think that's so important and um, it it's, can be quite, you know boring going into a store big store and not really understanding where anything comes from so we really embrace the fact that we do have that buy-in with mm-hmm. what's going on with our storeholders and yeah it's lovely yeah. and it increases education as well i think like one of the questions that i had had here was you know i was going to ask you about what what do you think say the the top five benefits of shopping at a farmer's market are yeah, and yeah. one of them i'd, I'd say is community mm-hmm. is getting the community involved you so you know we're talking about how people get to know one another people get to know their producers and it's a meeting place and things mm. like that mm. yeah. definitely like knowing where your food comes from it doesn't come from aisle seven exactly it, it actually <laughs> comes out of the ground or it comes from a cow or you know a lot of blood sweat and tears have gone into making that product but i guess it's also for this area in particular land values well lots of parts of the south coast land values are so high if you're not making a living off your land and a, and a developer's knocking on your door offering you a lot of money to sell up and move off your land so they can put houses mm-hmm. there. I mean, that's got to be tempting to a lot of farmers. And for that's sure. just, a, that's a, a total short-sighted thing for a community to lose its agricultural links. Yep. So if 
if there's not a direct selling mechanism in place, a lot of small producers just can't survive. You can't survive on wholesale milk prices. You can't survive trying to wholesale all your product. So by coming and selling directly, you actually get that Woolworths cream, I guess, off mm-hmm. the top and you can survive. So that's a really important part of it. Um, certainly community, um, education about food mm-hmm. and um, eating fresh food, eating fresh whole food, um, getting away from all the sugary, sweet sort of stuff is also very good. You know, kid obes- kids' obesity is a massive, massive issue in this country. Um, gosh. Seasonality. Seasonality, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we quite often get chatted about, where's your bananas? It's like, we don't grow bananas on the South Coast. Or if we do, it's a very, very small microclimate and it's for a very small part of the year. So you're just not going to find bananas here. And sorry, but you're just not going mm. to. Or you're not going to find a pineapple in this market. Or very very rarely you'll get maybe the odd mango. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. is that, and you're not going to find just, raspberries now. No, that's right. But you might find them in summer, like yeah, you know. Exactly. And that's just that's how it works, and that's how we should be eating. Yeah. So when there's a glut of tomato, beautiful organic tomatoes or vine ripened tomatoes, enjoy them yeah. because for a lot of the year they're going to be in a, in a hot house. Um, and if the raspberries, if this is the last week of the raspberries, enjoy them now and really relish them because they do. You that's know, it. They have a season. They and have then a season. linking that with another benefit, I guess, is because they're seasonal and because they're. Because a market also provides the opportunity, especially midweek, for growers to pick produce at their peak mm. and then sell it at their peak, yeah, it yeah. means that the flavour that the customer gets is just fantastic compared to what they would get anywhere else. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, you think about the peak of, say, February when it's touching the 40-degree mark. If we had a morning market, that means the growers would have been out there picking in the heat of the afternoon when it's all wilted and not doing so great. Mm. But being an afternoon market, they would have picked it the fresh in the morning when it's had time to, you know, it's been watered overnight, it's really at its best. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market and you get to enjoy that. You're not eating limp herbs and, you know, stuff that doesn't look so great. Mm. It is really, really picked so close to market time. It's amazing. Exactly. And that's another thing that keeps your community of punters happy and, and brings more people in is because the first time someone, and I mean, I harp on probably too much to my friends and family about they should shop at a farmer's market but um the first time they bring back a basket full of produce and make something out Mm. of it and they've talked to the grower and they have a connection to it and it's the best tasting stuff you can get yeah yeah taste it It, tastes good they're coming back they're they're gonna come back you know they're they're always gonna come back absolutely you know the taste there is a different taste to stuff and i think once you understand the story you have it even tastes even better in Mm. in a lot of ways but you know the, the same replies you know sometimes you get bad crops. You know, exactly, sometimes yeah. you get a batch of strawberries that, for whatever reason, they just didn't hold up that yeah, week. Yeah, there's a lot of rain and or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. And you can go back to that farmer and say, hey, I bought you whatever last week, and within two days it wasn't great. And they're going to say, well, we'll fix it for you. There's yep. no arguments. Whatever, you know. Yeah. We're, we're in this for the long term, both of us, to have a relationship. And if, if you didn't get what you should have got last week, then we'll fix it because that's just what happens on farms. Mm. Not everything is perfect. You know, and not every piece of fruit looks perfect either. We're not throwing away and wasting fruit that's a bit misshapen. Exactly. Or carrots that are knobbly or the mushrooms that are, a bit, you know, misshapen. They all get eaten or yeah. get used. Yeah. And, that's, and that's another thing that I was going to touch on was the sustainability factor and the environmental benefit of yeah. shopping at a farmer's market as well. So yeah. there's no wastage, like yeah. you say, but other things like, you know, the fact that people are coming from so close to the market to sell to sell things and to buy things, there's no huge 
distribution channels and carbon footprint of stuff moving around because mm. that's the most efficient sort of agricultural you know system in place yeah exactly right yeah, yeah. this stuff hasn't traveled you know to sydney and back again it's 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 here but you know we're really lucky that we work with the kayama youth services um the central program and they run workshops pretty much every week doing cooking classes with um youth and so we have a program with them that they'll actually come down in the afternoon and if the storeholders have got seconds or something that's a bit bruised or um it hasn't sold it's not going to look great the next day or the next couple of days they donate that to those guys and yep. then they take it back to their kitchen and they use it in their in their cooking classes that's on a fantastic. thursday so it doesn't go to waste and i think that's a wonderful thing that these kids are actually using real life produce cut around the bruise take out the bad bit you know cut it take Turn off it the leaves yeah exactly do something do something in, with yeah. it instead of just in the bin or making compost out of it we just waste so much food it's just yeah. ridiculous well i think a lot of a lot of the time that stuff because the producers always have so much of it they'll take it back to the farm and use it for compost anyway mm. and sometimes they've got like an excessive amount like you might go home with you know your 50 kilos of potatoes what are you going to do with them because you're going to have another you know batch next week to sell to the yeah. to to the same crowd so it just goes on the compost heap and stuff like that so they're more than happy to you know offload that stuff to a good cause and Absolutely. let people take it with them you know yeah yeah a couple of times a year i know our strawberry grower if he has you know we might get some rain and the fruit gets pitted or the the, the it looks a bit blemished or whatever so it's not his first rate quality fruit but it's still you bite into it, it's amazing mm. and he'll just put it on trays and we put it out there to say does someone want to come make jam this week and the number of people that come forward to buy a tray of strawberries that they can make jam yep and it's great because it would have got fed to pigs otherwise that's it and it tastes amazing yep. so yeah that's a really really pleasing part of, of, of being in a market that isn't huge and there is that still that really local connection and and um yeah you can do those sorts of things mm. really easily and disseminate the information and make sure that you know food gets used accordingly mm. yeah. and, the, and the stall holders as well it's great for them because they you get to know the other storeholders at a market better than you do anyone like better mm. than your customer because you're standing next to them sort of week in week out <laughs> and there's always sharing and collaboration that happens between storeholders you might find you know the pines might use a gelato make a gelato from the strawberries from the people across the way or whatever it might yeah, be yeah, yeah that happens all the time and that sort of yeah yeah you know we've got a girl who makes beautiful caramel artisan products and her salted caramel goes into the Pines gelato. Um, somebody else who makes a beautiful raspberry jam goes into their gelato. Um, oh, there's so many different collaborations that go on. The Wagyu beef from down at Shotland is at Jeringong, that gets used in the empanadas here. So when he yeah. says he has a Wagyu empanada, he has a Wagyu empanada because yeah. it comes from Jeringong's <laughs> Wagyu beef farm. Um, and there's all these different collaborations that go on and you see them all sort of trading stuff and working out, okay, I need your spuds because I'm going to do this with it. And I think that's just amazing. Yep. It's amazing, you know. When Cressida from Pakora Dairy is tasting her beautiful curd, she'll go and get some pears from Yuri and spread it on his <laughs> pears. So it's no one's... Um, they're not silos, I guess. People mm. in the market aren't running as silos because if everyone does well, then they can share the love around effectively. Yeah. yeah so it works well. Love it. Um, I guess the other thing I wanted to touch on in terms of a benefit, what I've noticed in the past is, and with Sage and your market and, and some of the other ones that I've sort of looked at, it, it provides people impetus, who are people who are thinking about becoming a producer or making something mm. or, or that sort of thing. The fact that there's a market here and you can sell stuff for a retail price provides some people with impetus and inspiration to give it a go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And funny you should say that because I had a conversation two weeks ago with a young guy and he is only in his early 20s. 
and he's decided he wants to be a farmer. Wow. And he's looking to lease land um, in the area and having a direct sales mechanism here was one of the reasons why he chose this area and wants to be a farmer. And he's talking, to, he's been talking to us at length about what he should grow, what crops are, are in demand, who he should talk to, what advice he can give. And when I go back to the other farmers and say, are you happy to talk to this gentleman? They're like, yeah, absolutely. We want him to succeed. We don't want him to fail. So we've, if we've made mistakes, we're happy to share those mistakes and, and give him tips and tricks on what to do to make sure he's a successful farmer at the end of the day so I think that's really fantastic that mm. you know it's it's, it's a so young good to see person such a young too. person yeah, yeah and I think that like he's come to such a, a good a good place, source of information in talking to you to start with rather than thinking I want to grow whatever it might be mm. and starting and then coming to the market and saying I've got this product talking to the markets first and talking to what people what's in demand and yeah, you know yeah. that sort of thing like the, you know you never know but you might already have two people who sell eggs on the waiting list for an application or something like that and yeah exactly so it's great it's great that he's sort of you know talk to talk to you to start with and yeah well the business side of him is kicking in so he's he really wants to get his hands dirty but he's actually got to run a business and of it's course. got to be viable yep. so he's doing his research and he's asking you know what restaurants do you think i can talk to would be interested in my produce mm-hmm. and i think the more fresh produce that's in the area more restaurants are because it is extra work to buy, you know, you buy your tomatoes off this particular person and you buy your herbs off this person. It's extra work for a chef to do that. It is, yeah. But if the quality's there and the consistency's there, then they'll do it. And you can only do that by having, a, a, you know, you've got to have the produce here at the end of the day. Mm. So we need more growers. We exactly, more growers. yeah. And it's a, it's a cool thing now as well because people are getting more and more educated on establishments that use local produce and mm. why it's important to support them. Yeah. So they're seeking that sort of thing out. So for the extra work that a chef puts into sourcing local ingredients, it hopefully pays off for them in people that realise the importance of that and then support their business. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it, I think gone are the days we can just say, oh, we use local produce. The punters now want to know, well, are they Buena Vista carrots? Are they really Buena Vista yeah, farm exactly. carrots? Are they Crooked River farm eggs or is that their chicken? Like people are switched on. They want to know the providence of what food. It's not, yeah. You can't just say we, buy, we shop locally, we buy locally. Mm. I think that's a really smart thing. And, you know, we just celebrate those chefs that are doing that. Um, you know, David Campbell, Hungry Duck and Wharf Road and, and John Evans from South and Albany. Those sorts of guys are amazing because they continually support the local producers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it means they don't have that on their menu because it's just not around, but they still stick in there. Yeah. I think that's just... They need to be celebrated and applauded. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And it always comes back to flavour as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. If, like they, these chefs are passionate about good produce and, and are trying to put as high a quality product on the plate as they can to serve mm. to their customers. Yeah. And that's what keeps them coming back. And if it's substandard flavour-wise, then then people don't enjoy their meal and they're not coming back. Yep. So it, it all sort of works in harmony. It does indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's great. All right. The last couple of things I just wanted to ask you about. We'll, we'll quick, do a couple of rapid-fire ones. Okay. We're going to go through the seasons, and you can t- and you're going to tell me what's here. What do you look most forward to coming into season? Okay, starting with spring. Oh, spring! Um, lamb, beautiful lamb, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, peas and and just really crisp. Starting to eat more salads, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, starting to get a bit warmer, and you've yeah, got these beautiful green veggies. Stuff on the barbie, and being wanting to be outside again, and moving away from some of the braises and casseroles and things like that to lighter, fresher styles of food. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Summer. Oh. Oh gosh, summer. Once again, lighter food, lots of outdoor cooking. Um, and coming into season at the markets? Beautiful tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes. <laughs> Lush t- tomatoes that taste like tomatoes. And, you know, strawberries that are bursting with flavour. Um, 
gone blank. Yeah. Um, raspberries, of course. Um, in the light of vegetables. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice healthy salads. Great watermelons. salads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just want to eat fresh and be outside. Yeah. Yeah. Autumn. Autumn, getting into those root vegetables and starting to... It feels like you're starting to nest. Yeah. And, you know, you're starting to stock away stuff in the pantry for those cooler days and... and um, yeah, I think autumn is a sort of de- deceptively abundant season it as is. well. Though there's, it there's is. still like coming into the end of autumn, like you, uh, the beginning of autumn, you've still got a lot of tomatoes and a lot of stuff left over from summer. Well, the ground's still really then, warm here too. Yeah. The, the, the ground is surprisingly surprisingly warm, and we don't, you know, have that traditional real drop off in temperature in autumn. So, and we, yeah, we've had a beautiful autumn again this year. So, yeah, but it, it does feel like this is slowing down a bit somewhat, and mm. yeah, we're getting ready to close in a bit and make sure the pantry's stocked up with food for winter. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so winter. Oh, winter. You can't go past um, getting some beef cheeks and some oxtail from, from Shotlanders Wagyu. That makes the most amazing, whether it's some beautiful pasta or just a beautiful slow braise, um, lots of roasts, Porkery Hill roast, yeah. Buena Vista chickens. Um, Things like Brussels sprouts are Brussels sprouts. amazing. Oh my God, I've got the most Good. amazing new recipe for Brussels sprouts. I can't wait. These roasted Brussels sprouts with garlic and, and panko um, breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. oh, I think they've, they've sort of had a bit of a renaissance, oh. the old Brussels sprouts. Like you see them on menus at really, really good quality restaurants. Yeah. And people are starting to appreciate their versatility you, you don't just have to have the the brown soft steamed oh. brussels sprouts like it can be a lot of other things as well and you don't even have to have them cooked you can just yeah grate exactly. them into a beautiful slaw and, and yep. you know put some fennel through it and amazing um but yeah definitely brussels sprouts um beautiful pumpkin you know some um gnocchi with p- pumpkin and sage through it and yeah just really warm hearty kinds of meals really Gathering around a table at late That's at night, it. drinking some great red wine. It's it's, it's funny how we talk about it like this because you and I, being people that like to eat with the seasons, you get so excited about the food <laughs> of that season. It's like when I've been cooking for myself recently, it's been all casseroles, and chicken pot pies, and yeah, yeah. like all these sorts of just such warm things. I get so excited about it. And then, like, I get that same level of excitement coming into spring, and then I was like, yeah, beautiful salads, like beans and asparagus and, like, all this beautiful yeah, stuff coming out. <laughs> well, I just went and bought myself a Thermomix, so I'm so excited. I made the most amazing creamy cauliflower soup the other night. and Love um, cauliflower soup. Oh, just, just divine with some parmesan on top. And, and you know, my husband is not a great veggie eater, I have to say. <laughs> he's, he's one of those people who, Brussels sprouts, uh-uh. But he's had a reawakening to Brussels sprouts oh, yeah. and cauliflower, and it's like, yes, Finally, he's eating some vegetables. This is amazing. You know, potatoes are fabulous, but there's more vegetables in the family yeah. other than just potatoes. So, yeah, um, yeah. Cool. I'm so lucky that I can just sort of go and cherry pick what Isn't I want great? for dinner. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Cool. Great. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Anything coming up for the markets? Um, yeah. We've, well, I guess for the moment, we're really, really proud of the way our communities responded to our plastic bag and polystyrene free initiative mm-hmm. that was um, certainly um, assisted by Climate Council developing climate boomerang bags yep. and those that team made up of wonderful women have made in excess of 1200 odd yeah. shopping bags that people now use. So, so can we explain how that works yeah, in case yeah. people are unfamiliar? Yeah exactly so we launched that on the 7th of June to coincide with World Environment Day but effectively now we won't give out plastic bags in the market and yep. we won't serve food in polystyrene. 
hiring. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea is is that if you don't if you come to the market without a shopping bag, you can get one for free, yep. and you can go and do your shopping. We've got the trolleys there as well. Um, and the Bimarang Bags team are here every week to make sure that people hand them out. They sew in the morning on Wednesday and they come to the market on an, in the afternoon and, um, and give them out. So stoked that we are putting plastic back yeah. into the oceans, considering where we are. Exactly. Um, and I guess the other thing we're really excited about is we're going to do a pop-up dinner in late July with um, John Evans from South on cool. Albany. And we're going to use all local produce. Everything that will be served will be local produce. And we're working with the co-op 1888 down in Jeringong. Yeah and um, using their distillery rooms. It's a really rustic room. Oh, awesome. It'll be an amazing, beautiful candlelit dinner with music and um, fantastic sharing plated food. So 31st of July, we'll have all the details out shortly, but it should it. be fun. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Trish, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks for talking to me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Great. Thanks for listening to my chat with Trish from the Kayama Farmers Market. I hope that you learnt something. It's a fantastic market and everyone should get down there on Wednesday afternoons and support it. If you want to find out more about the Farmers Market, you can go to their website, kayamafarmersmarket.com.au. And if you want to find out more about us, you can check out our website, quicksandfood.com. We're also at Quicksand Food on Facebook and on Instagram. If you want to follow us, please support the Illawarra Cookbook. It's available from all good Illawarra retailers and from our website also. Thank you for tuning in to another Quicksand Food podcast and I'll see you again next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.